to episode 134 of Shades Midweek. For those who are joining us for the first time, this is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe. I'm the worship and communications pastor here at Shades Valley, and I am joined by discipleship pastor Brad Brown and senior pastor Jonathan Haves. How is everyone feeling? Uh, you know, Jonathan, your your household is recovering from a few things. Yeah, I'm. I'm so is this considered socially distanced? I'm sitting further away from y'all, and I do have this microphone in front of my face, so maybe that's that's helping some. That's fine. Yeah, unfortunately, the flu's been making its way through my house, and uh, three out of seven have gone down. We think, cross your fingers, maybe we're in the clear. Um, So I haven't gotten it, Holly hasn't gotten it, and then Solomon and Karis also have been in the clear. Levi's totally over it back at school. Talitha is over it, but one more day at home to recover her strength. And Asher turned the corner last night. Fever broke and all that stuff. And so, yeah. And that's technically not, it's kind of why I wasn't here yesterday, but not fully. I was already supposed to not be here. We were supposed to be on a camping trip, me and my boys, this weekend. Obviously, that didn't happen. But since I was already supposed to be out, we were like, yeah. Probably should give it another day just to be safe. So, Jonathan, since you have like 50 people in your house, when one person gets sick, do you just have this feeling in your gut of like it's only a matter of time? It feels that till way. Till the dominoes for sure. tumble. It definitely There's nothing like I can do. I jokingly tell Holly, I'm like, why don't we just all get together, have a big group <laughs> hug, and just knock <laughs> this out in just one fell swoop? Yeah, totally. Because uh, then, you know, if you don't do it that way, then it's like, oh, man, this is going to extend over weeks. Because one person's going to get over it while the next person gets it. Yep. But, you know, my wife's not too keen on that idea. <laughs> so, hopefully, we're, uh, we'll be in the, in the clear. Well... I'll tell you one thing that felt like a stack of dominoes over the weekend was Alabama football season. Uh, they <laughs> you were going to find a way to, to get LSU, there. <laughs> and it's looking like, uh, barring uh, an incredible and chaotic ending to the season where multiple teams would have to lose multiple games to teams that they're not supposed to, uh, Bama is out of the college football playoff and the SEC championship race as we know it today. November seventh, and isn't, isn't that the first time since they the I'm formation just, of the playoff that no Bama they won't be in it. I I cannot remember talking um, about stuff. I, I know no that there's. About. I mean, no, they missed it in 2019, and that may have been the only year that they missed it. That was the year that LSU won the championship. So I'm just thinking of Grant Primo listening to this right now, <laughs> and just the rage that he's probably feeling. And the well, insults that are just coming to his mind. Oh, we're definitely getting an email from A mile from a minute. Well, Auburn season. About Auburn University. Auburn season was over in September. So, you know, yeah. this is nothing new for us. <laughs> Auburn <laughs> season was over when they hired Brian Harson. Yeah, two years ago. <laughs> Auburn is used to losing. We know how to lose. We, we have it's now, true. We have now left the realm of things I'm able to relate to <laughs> and discuss. I don't know who any of these people are. We don't have That's to okay. go into all the details, uh, but no. uh, yeah, football season, man, it can be it's it can be a heartbreaker, especially college football. It's you lose one or two games, and that's that's it. You can yep. call it. Well, and you know, we have such a diversity at our church, so Ian Henderson was at the game. Was she really? She got she tickets, was. yep. <laughs> oh, my word. Because I was expecting her to show up yesterday. Decked out looking, her ear. Oh, looking like Mardi Gras. I'm pretty you know? sure I saw her storm the field afterwards. Was that her? Storming the field? Yeah. Probably so. She did not. Rory confirmed that she did oh, not storm okay. the field. All right. Yeah, so I know that was a you know do we big, have, do big we moment have any for the other, Hendersons. Do we have any other Danny LSU? Peoples was wearing LSU gear yesterday. Yeah, really? I, I don't I, even know if he's a fan. I had no idea. Maybe he just <laughs> hates Alabama that much. I <laughs> yeah, I've never seen him wear any sporting teams. Who I've never the, seen him represent? Who was the other team that beat Alabama this year? Tennessee. Tennessee. Alabama, so did Danny Scott show Ledbetter. up with a Tennessee hat on? <laughs> right you know, I don't know. <laughs> Scott Led Scott Ledbetter sure did, but he didn't show up in Tennessee gear last Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee lost as well over the weekend. So well, we do have some Georgia fans. Well, there's yeah, our we do. Th- there's the Hershey, our sports so. break. <laughs> yeah, that went on way too long. 
too long. Oh, man. Well, let's move on into yeah. more fun S- things, JM. Something a little less controversial. Got an album? Yeah. JM's album of the Ladies and gentlemen from the flight deck, this is your captain. We're experiencing some very rough air right now. I need everyone to please remain calm and take their seats. On our way down, we may hit some turbulence. Go ahead and brace yourselves for a possible emergency landing. Welcome to America. Still in America, yeah. beautiful, elegant, sinful, and arrogant. Man, it felt like the 70s for a they second. Shot at them schools in that new cafeteria. No sneak in that area, cause if you ain't patriotic, you might be a terrorist. I know it's embarrassing. We say united, we stand, but divisions are therapy. No GED, no EBT, just BBL. That CDC said quarantine, my PPP said. Look at your race, what they gonna say? Stay in your place. Made a mistake, open the case, open the gates. Yeah, go ahead and pray for that beast. See how America treats you. We keep our history shrouded in mystery. Can't let them know all our secrets. Men become ladies. Ladies want more than some babies. They want to be treated like people. Land of the free, but the freedom ain't equal. We love our politics more than our people. Monday we evil, but Friday we good. New Lululemon right there in your hood. If you in poverty, go in the lottery. Then we might treat you the way that we should. Lecrae, everybody. Lecrae is back with his most recent record called Church Clothes 4. And this song is called Still in America. This was a single that came out. Album came out uh, just over this past weekend. And this song is pretty rocking. Um, he kind of makes everybody mad in this song, which I think <laughs> is probably the best place to be. You want to make everyone angry. And uh, he does a great job. I, I've really been enjoying this album. My, my kids love Lecrae. Uh, so we listen to his music quite a bit. There's a couple other tracks on here. There's one he's got uh, with Andy Minio, which is another one of my kids' favorites. Uh, but, yeah, this is Lecrae. song is called Still in America. Church Closed 4, man. He's been promoting this album for a while, and uh, he touches on a lot of hot-button issues. Uh, just in this song alone, he talks about abortion and the Second Amendment and politics and division in in the country and just just so many so many things that he hits in about two and a half minutes here so <laughs> <laughs> two and a half <laughs> yeah so it's worth a re-listen for sure but definitely he uh, sounds a little different to me is that fair is i mean i'm sure i'm sure but i'm sure that he's uh you know progressed as an artist you know so cool yeah i've been enjoying at it at first i thought it was toro Imoy. oh yeah intro. yeah it does kind of sound like that like him yeah that's true it's gotten older, Brad. His voice may have gotten deeper. Yeah, church, church Close 4 by Lecrae. Add it to your libraries, streaming everywhere. I've been enjoying it. Let me know if you enjoy it as well. I haven't featured a lot of hip-hop on Jam's album of the week. So true. it was time. Yeah. yeah, It was time. Sweet. I'm definitely well going to give it a listen, man. Yeah, I already downloaded it. Yeah, Lecrae's been in the game for a long time, man. Long time. Long time. Yeah, you really yeah, still still killing it out there. I added it to my my library, so definitely definitely gonna check it out, man. Um, in the what, what, what's the date today? What is it? It's November November seventh, I think. Yeah. So I am a little bit curious if in the upcoming weeks, JM, if we're gonna get any uh, Christmas music on JM's album. Oh, wow. you know, I'll be thinking about it. I'll be thinking about it. Wow. So I said that because I text. This is not nearly as serious and heavy and hard hitting <laughs> as the album that JM just mentioned. <laughs> Let's hope sure. not. <laughs> but um, but I texted uh, both these guys and simultaneously was talking to Holly about to shed tears because I got a notification that Switchfoot dropped a Christmas album and I didn't even know they were going to. Um, and is it a fun album? It's very different. It's not completely what I, I have listened to the whole thing at this point, and I enjoy it a lot. Um, but it's not like parts of it are like, oh, yeah, I expected that. But I, I don't know. You just have to give it a listen. If you're a Switchfoot fan, if you're oh. not a Switchfoot fan, then I mean, I don't think you'll. It's Switchfoot. I don't think you'll like it. Yeah. Um, mm. But it's it's split 50 50 between like original songs and then. Uh, it, kind of standard Christmas songs, but obviously they give their own spin to those. And I love it. JM, I definitely would love to hear what you think of their rendition of I Heard the Bells. 
Is it on that record? It is. Okay. It's on yeah, that record because that's one of my favorites, one of our favorites here at Shades. And they do it the more traditional way that I like. We don't play I Heard the Bells the traditional right. way. They do it the more traditional way, but they do give their own little flair to it. And as far as traditional versions of it go, it's one of my favorites that I've heard. Very cool. But all right. But anyway, but just to let all you know, I mentioned all of that just to say Advent's going to be here quicker than you know. Because Christmas falls on a Sunday this year. So the last Sunday of November will be the first week of Advent. So go on and get your Advent wreaths. Dust those things off. Buy one so you can participate uh, in Advent this year as a church body. It's one of my favorite things that we do together just as a body. um, Mm -hmm. Because it's something that we do together even though we're each doing it individually. Like it's a journey we go on together. Anyway. On the yeah. on the quick topic of Christmas, before we move on to the book club, I'm noticing a disturbing trend in the Hoover area. Uh-oh. So off of October 31st, I've noticed that, well, first of all, people started buying these gigantic skeletons and putting them in their yards. Oh, the Home Depot? The seen, Home Depot skeletons. Seen, they're like 15 massive. Feet, They're massive. They're huge. Yeah. Well, now I'm. Seeing, How much are they? I don't know, and I don't even know where you would store it, which is maybe explains why this is happening. I thought it was. A are rental. they putting? Are they're they... putting Christmas lights on the skeletons. Oh my word! I'm like, this has nothing to do with Christmas, and wow. they're already decorating. And instead of taking it out of their yard, I've seen it in multiple places. Something Holly and I <laughs> talked about noticing this year with people's Halloween decor yeah. is there's a lot more Halloween decor now that is similar. To Christmas decor, like so, yep. we there was a lot more like lights on yep. houses, orange lights, purple lights, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So very Fla- uh, inflatables. Well, and what'll be interesting is with lights now, um, when you can buy like LED lights that it's really easy to change the color on, right? It'd be very interesting to see if people are like pulling double duty with their lights, <laughs> like you know, putting them up and making them all orange and purple and stuff for Halloween, and then they just swap yeah. those colors. Three hundred dollars. I just thought I would for the skeleton. Three hundred dollars. Yeah. How tall is that one? Twelve feet. Twelve feet. My word. Some that I've seen are so. I mean, they're so massive. Huge. I think yeah, even taller. You know, but I just maybe they can't store it anywhere, so they're like, well, I'm just going to leave it up. We're just going to figure this out. Days. Oh gosh, we'll, there's we'll, some that are like seven hundred. We'll make it a Valentine's Day skeleton. We'll make it up. St. Patty's Day skeleton. Someone needs to sew a, a Santa suit and turn it into Jack Skellington. Year-round Easter Bunny skeleton. Oh, oh my word. Anyways. Bet I could buy and assemble a 15-foot skeleton by the time the song's, the song's over. over. Thank you to the Manhattan Boys Symphony Choir for that wonderful introduction. Welcome to another moment of Bradford's Book Club. I'm so excited to have you with me today on this scorching fall day. (laughs) We'll bundle around the fire with some shorts on and have an ice cold iced tea. It it is. Hey, I'm going to interrupt you really quickly. Um, It is 83 degrees outside right now, but I'm just going to say... You mentioning that makes me think of the very first track on the Switchfoot Christmas album, which is called <laughs> California Christmas. Has some Beach Boy vibes, I think oh, you yeah. might like. But uh, one of the first lines has it, it talks about the only snow that falls is the fake stuff at the mall, bathing suits in eighty-five degrees. Yep. So, Jonathan, your task is now to relate everything back to the Switchfoot. Back album. to the Switchfoot album for That's the rest of the rest of the for the rest. Of, my favorite thing about it is the title of the <laughs> album. This is our Christmas album. <laughs> oh. They're coming to Huntsville on November 27th. Who wants to go? Who wants to go? It's called This Is Our Christmas Tour. I'm going to pray about it, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to think about it. I have already ordered this on vinyl. Okay, tell us about the book. Well, Jonathan, that's such a wonderful segue because nothing says self-deception more than what just happened. And here's a little book on self-deception in the Christian Life by Greg A. Tin Enselhoff. That's a mouthful with a forward by Dallas Willard. So this isn't the first time that I have recommended a book by Greg. The book's titled I Told Me So, Self-Deception in the Christian Life. Greg is a philosopher 
and uh, he's a prof at Biola University, and he's written a few books, and I've always found him very insightful, and he is a very astute reader of scripture. So, I thought I'd just read a little bit from the preface. Is that okay, John Mark? Go for it. Thanks. I wouldn't expect any less. A mother somehow manages not to notice the obvious signs that her son is on drugs. A wife does the same with respect to her husband's affair. All of the evidence is easily available, yet it goes unseen. The politician convinces himself that his lofty ends justify morally ambiguous means. The director of a Christian nonprofit organization manages to find sincerely compelling a perspective from which money donated to the ministry can legitimately be used to pay for an extravagant personal vacation or perhaps a private jet. This book is about self-deception. It's about the amazing human capacity to break free from the constraints of rationality when truth ceases to be the primary goal of inquiry. Beginning with the scriptures themselves, self-deception looms large in the historical attempt to explain and describe Christian experience. But there is little in contemporary Christian writing by way of sustained focus on the role of self-deception in the Christian life. This book intends to fill that void. So are you interested in self-deception, this phenomenon? Um, have you ever deceived yourself, John Mark? Probably. Then this book is for you. <laughs> Think you've never deceived yourself? Then this book is really for you. That's what it says on the back. That's great. Yeah. Check it out. I Told Me So, Self-Deception in the Christian Life by Greg A. Tinselhoff. Tinsel, huh? Tinselhoff. Tinsel makes me think of Christmas. And that book makes me think of the second track on the Switchfoot Christmas album called Looking for Christmas, in which one could say that John Foreman, the lyricist here, is uh, asking if Christmas is an act of self-deception. What have I done? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what it's worth singing peace on earth when there's war on the TV screen, he Mm. writes. Wow. Is Christmas an act of self-deception? Jonathan coming in with a... You'll have to heavy listen. hitting lyric. You'll have to listen to uh, to the Switchfoot uh, Christmas album to to find out. What he well, says. I'll have to. <laughs> Sorry, that's the last time I'll do that. That was just because of what you said. I won't do that anymore. All right, all right. No, fair enough. Fair enough. <gasps> well, before we move on, I have a surprise for you guys. Oh, oh. There's, there's more surprises like we have, we at Christmas time. This. Yes, kind of <laughs> like that. I'm done now. For real, for real, I'm done. So sometimes. As I go about my life and I live in my skin, mm-hmm. as we all do, not in my skin, but in our various skins. Thanks for I just wanted to clarify clarifying that. Uh, from time to time, I hear music. I hear music not just when I'm listening to music, but just in everyday life, in the, through the ways that people talk to one another and interact. And a few weeks ago on the show here, there was something that happened. And I was like, man, I, I, I listened back as I was editing this that, that episode. It's like, that really sounds like it could be a song. I'm getting really nervous yeah. right now. Because so, what people don't know, are you talking about something that was during the actual recording yeah okay yeah yeah not like not like something that got edited out okay, or that we said what, before what, an i episode. was about to say what people don't know is john mark starts recording probably five ten minutes before we actually get rolling yeah. and he probably has like a hard drive full of stuff that he could blackmail all of us with yes if if we all get into a car accident jordan come to the church <laughs> and put a sledgehammer through john mark's computer burn it well, and you know, we talked about the hoedown hoot nanny uh, a few weeks ago, and yeah, yeah, that that's was right. a successful event. So uh, here's a little clip. You're gonna first, you're gonna hear the clip of what I'm talking about, and that happened in real time. No, no effects, no anything. And uh, did, did you? <laughs> did you? Did you? It's corn to this clip. 
Did you like auto tune this clip and turn it into a song? That would be the greatest thing. I have no idea what's. I happening. may have taken a few minutes last oh, week. Oh my word! Worked, I want to know what's going to happen. And, and cooked up a little something special. And and in all seriousness, if you're listening to this, Jonathan and Brad have no idea what I'm doing and what I'm about to play. <laughs> no idea. They have not heard this. I have not told them about it. We didn't talk about it before the episode started. It. <laughs> I have done everything possible to keep this a secret. I'm scared and excited. So, all, all the same time. Uh, so here it is, everyone. Hoedown Hoot Nanny, we we did it. We pulled it off. Hoedown Hoot Nanny, we did it. We pulled it off. Hoedown Hoot Nanny, we did it. We pulled it off. Hoedown Hoot Nanny, we did it. We pulled it off. Hoedown Hoot Nanny, we did it. I feel like I was starting to get a panic attack <laughs> at the very end. I was fine until the end. And then I thought I was going to pass out. Um, <sighs> John Mark has been sitting here this entire time just waiting. <laughs> just could not wait to get to that moment. Oh, my word. I kept wow. hoping Brad was going to come in at some point. Oh, gosh. Thank the Lord. <laughs> well, he spared me. I think we all know how we'll be advertising for the next. Yeah, wow. that's right. Nope. What we'll do no doubt. First line dance, too. <laughs> oh, my. Well, John Mark. I've listened to that so many times. <laughs> Have your boys listened to that? No, I, I, I just bounced it today, so no one else has heard it. Oh, wow. How much did that cost you? Like a thousand bucks? <laughs> Out of the worship budget. <laughs> Ho down hoot nanny. Wow. I'm really scared about what, what could be done with right, this. So track just be in the careful. Future. Just be careful what you say here on the podcast. Oh, no doubt. What well, may be added. Well, well may be turned into a song later. Official apologies to everyone and to all of your eardrums. Oh, take it up with John Mark. Woo. Of course, you'll probably email in and be like, no, give us more of that. I we know. Like more. We want a full album. I don't. I just demand that whatever happens, if this happens again, that it's Brad. It's Brad next time. That's that's what I asked for. Of course, I am the one who probably screams the most. I mean, I heard it, and I was like, "That is just music to my ears." Because you <laughs> you had it rhythmically, everything about it just made it oh, into a chorus. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go, everyone. <laughs> well, now that let, let me let us all regain our composure. We were going to talk about things. I, That's see, right. People miss the greatest parts of this. The greatest parts of this is just watching what happens in this booth. I, I would have given anything to have had Brad and like his, uh, what, do, what do you call it, when someone's embarrassed for like somebody else. It's like, uh, oh, come on. Y'all know what this is called. Uh, empathy? Like, it, yeah, something like that. Embarrassment. Shared embarrassment. Secondhand embarrassment. Secondhand embarrassment. There we go. Yeah, that's what it looked like Brad was having over there. Whew. Anyway. All right. Whew. Well, so um, uh, what we were going <laughs> to. John Mark. Can't Church stop giggles. Laughing. 
Church giggles. What we were going to do this week, and I guess what we'll do um, for the next couple of minutes, is finish up the conversation that we began last week. Uh, if you were not able to hear that conversation, we won't rehash the whole thing for you. But basically, uh, we spent a long time talking about Christian kid culture and what it was like for each of us growing up uh, as kids in Christian homes in the 80s and 90s and some of the particularly funny things that kind of happened as parents tried to navigate that culture. We talked about, uh, well, I talked about different toys that I had that were like Christian toys from the Christian bookstore. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about music that we were allowed to listen to, music we weren't. Same thing with kind of movies and TV. Made some jokes, uh, but then tried to have a serious discussion about what our parents were aiming for and all of that and affirm our parents. Um, my mother called me again. She did listen to the entire podcast. Did she approve? I hope that she she approved. I hope she felt affirmed. Yes. Um, but anyway, and then uh, finish up that discussion with like some things that we are each trying to do as parents to lead our kids uh, towards Christ. And so that led us to talk about what we do with our kids regarding technology, what we do with our kids regarding music, regarding movies and TV, and really... There wasn't a whole lot left to say, but we were kind of rushing there at the end because everybody had places to go, things to do. So we wanted to open up the conversation one more time. This probably won't be too long of an episode, except for that song we all just <laughs> listened to. Um, and just kind of finish up that conversation of things that we are doing as parents with our children to try and lead and point them towards towards Christ. So before... Uh, I moved to kind of the final category I had to talk about with that. Was there anything you guys wanted to add from our conversation about technology, about music, movies, TV, any of those kinds of things? Do you felt like there was just something we skipped over a little too quickly? Brad, Mm. what what kind of movies are you limiting? Uh, Elizabeth Ann for being able to view currently. She's watching everything right now. (laughs) So whatever I'm watching, she's watching. And so far, so good. I think (laughs) haven't seen anything too crazy. Oh, true story. Remember we talked about how we grew up on a lot of movies that were the TV edits of those films. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) Um, I've had some some children at home not well and all of that, and so the other night I was like, Holly, let's let's do a movie. Let's do a let's do the Karate Kid movie. Oh yeah, I just recently came watched out that. in 1984. Mm-hmm. Like I was one when that first film came out, um, and I think I'd only ever seen it on the TV edit. It had a little bit more language than I was anticipating, and Holly would just look at me and give me the death stare every time because both of our little boys were present. For this movie. And she would just look at me like, what have you done? You have no moral standards for our children. So, anyway. Yeah, we just watched that with Moses and Zion. <laughs> like, uh, when was that? Maybe a month and a half ago. I can't remember. Oh, she definitely told me. Uh, like, I was like, so when are we going to do the second one? And she's like, only Levi. Only Levi's allowed it. You did not, the little boys can't watch anymore. Oh, I but, don't really okay. remember the other ones that well. So... <clears throat> I just swallowed wrong. Sorry about that. I don't even know if I've ever seen them or not. So Karate Kid 2 is where uh, they go to Okinawa. You would definitely remember it just based off of that. It's my favorite of the Mm. Karate Kid films, actually. And I think that's probably because it came out a few years later. It would have probably been the one that I saw the most, Mm. you know, uh, growing up. It was definitely the one I had toys from, little action figures from, and all of that. So it was definitely my favorite. And, dude, man, you should love it just for the soundtrack. There's some great 80s stuff going on yeah. on that soundtrack. Mm. Karate Kid 3 was... And then the fourth one, the new Karate Kid, was just abysmal. Well, speaking of TV, we posted something on our Instagram page. Oh, yeah. Should we explain that real quick? <laughs> For anyone who didn't listen to the episode... I think there was a lot of questions. <laughs> People were very confused. For anyone who did not listen to the episode from last week... As we discussed kind of the uniqueness of our growing up in Christian culture, we got on the topic of Christian bookstores. So John Mark grew up going to one called the Amen Corner. I grew up going to one called Christian Corner. I don't know why all of these things had corner in the name, but apparently they did. And we talked about that. And I admitted to them that my family was actually filmed uh, in a local television ad for Christian Corner. This would have been when I was probably, I think, nine, eight or nine years old. So we're talking circa like 1991, 92-ish, somewhere in there. 
and uh, and the even the theme song is like standard cheesy local commercial early 90s it's the kind of thing like when i when i heard it because i've listened to it forever when i heard it did y'all ever hear those um bud light presents real american here and it's got the guy in the back real american here like that's what it made me think of when i heard it And, and, and you know those commercials are like making fun of that kind of thing um, are you wanting to play yeah, this just play so it. everyone can it's hear 30, the song? 30 second spot. Go to our Instagram. You can see the video. Here's the audio. Wanna find a gift of value, one that says you care. A gift that keeps on giving. You know you'll find it there. A gift that strikes a chord. Feel the presence of the Lord. Located behind Stardust off Westgate Avenue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's Christian That's the first Connor. time I saw that. The of that guy's killing it. I wonder oh, what guy is today. Wow. Oh, my word. Yeah. Wonder what that you is. haven't seen that yet? No, that well, was the first time and yeah. it delivered. Yep, there you go. Man. Oh, complete with my dad's strong stash going on there. So <laughs> there yeah. you go. Amazing. Anyway, here's what's funny. If I was nine years old... That would have made my dad. Oh, he would have been over forty at that point. Never mind. I was thinking he was like right around my age, but no, he's probably like forty-five there or so. Anyway, okay, that's enough <laughs> about that. But yeah, so well, I guess we don't have anything else we want to talk about from those other categories. So the last one I had for us to talk about was, you know, I had talked about the category of toys um, <laughs> that I had. These Brad cannot get over. <laughs> What what is this episode? We we've got we've I'm got you. we've I got can't. like Jonathan's version of it's corn over here, like my auto tuned song. Now we got like the the nineteen nineties commercial from Christian Corner. You guys got some other things y'all want to bring out? Has someone else delivered some thing is, things from my past? The other thing is I'm after sorry. we talked about I'm Jonathan's sorry. family having the flu, Brad has sneezed and coughed over <laughs> here during this episode. I'm sorry, yeah, I can't stop mic. coughing. Um, but I think it was like I kept it together for a second, but then <laughs> that guy when he went up at the end, I think like you know, just like the top of his lungs. I think there is something about him just so genuinely singing that at the top of his lungs and just giving it all he had seeing in the Christian Dude, corner that oh just made word. me lose it. If you actually I listen just... to the lyrics, the lyrics will kill you even more because it's like you want to find one... a gift of value, one that shows you care, the gift that keeps on giving, you know you'll find it there. And then this is the line that will really kill you right here. Yeah, no, the gift that strikes a chord, feel the presence of the Lord. So, like, you're going to go down to Christian Corner, you're going to buy that perfect gift that's going to make someone feel God's presence. Because you gave them that perfect, precious moment. Oh, man, I'm sorry. The Lord shall descend in Shekinah glory. Okay. Upon your birthday party. I'm sorry. All I'm right. sorry, man. Okay. Last so, category, Jonathan, moving on. Anyway, yeah, if anything, this proves that we are not stretching the truth That's right. about the things that we experienced <laughs> as children growing up. So the last category, I talked about having these like Christian toys. <laughs> Brad, keep it together, man. Sorry, we can edit this. Someone's going to email in and be like, all this Christian episode Christian I'm sorry, y'all. We really tried to put something together for you this week. We really did. Okay, so the last category was toys. And I had these Heroes of the Kingdom action figures, this armor of God, yada, yada. I'm just going to shut my eyes, and I'm just going to keep going and talking about this. So I can't think of, like, specifically Christian toys that I have, like, purchased for my children and things like that. But a similar category that I think this can take us into is just the discussion of, like, possessions and toys in general. Like, as we as parents try to help our kids wisely engage in a very materialistic, hedonistic society where we just buy toys and and stuff, you know, in order to fill voids or fill happiness or whatever. How do we do that in a way that is wise? I think that's especially uh, a conversation we can have, like coming up on Christmas. 
right now coming up on Advent. You know, how do we engage in this culture? I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> Brad is not in the room. John Mark is nearly on the floor the laughing. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep going. So how do we uh, engage and, and, and approach uh, material possessions in a way that we're discipling our kids to find their ultimate satisfaction in Christ? So I don't know what these other guys will say or if they're even able to talk due to having a terrible case of the giggles. Um, but I'll just list kind of three things for us in our household. Uh, one is conversation. So we try to have conversations about the way that uh, our culture in general approaches materialistic possessions and what they are trying to do with the constant purchasing of the next and the new. Uh, which, I mean, and we, we get, the older our kids have gotten, the more explicit we've gotten in this conversation. So, like, Levi and I have had very explicit conversations about, like, dopamine in the mm. brain and, like, what it does and what buying something does and how it gives you kind of that temporary sense of a high and, and all of that kind of thing. And, and so we have those conversations um, trying to help them just be cognizant of what's going on and that it's not a bad thing to get enjoyment out of a thing, out of a gift, out of a present, all of these kinds of, but to be aware of what's going on and aware of what marketing and advertisers are doing in their attempt to sell you a product. They're not really just trying to get you to buy a product. They're trying to convince you that this product will do a certain thing, fill a certain void, all of that. And so we just have to be very cognizant of that and we've been having those conversations with him since he was really little and I, I mentioned Levi because you know he's kind of on the he and Karis are the tip of the spear of parenting for mm -hmm. us so they're the first place we've encountered all these things I remember watching a Braves game with Levi when he was really young and uh, one of the Braves sponsors is Coors yeah uh, and so this Coors commercial comes on and at the end of it Levi like five-year-old Levi looks at me and he goes dad um how old do you have to be to drink? I was like 21, bud. He says, I think I think when I turn 21, I want to try Coors Light. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, you don't, bud. <laughs> it's terrible. It's but but it's the taste of the Rockies. Like, you know, like that kind of thing. And it just leads quite naturally into a conversation about marketing and advertising and what what advertisers are trying to do they're actually trying to sell you not this just this drink but this idea of how it's going to make you feel and mm -hmm. this experience and mm -hmm. and all of that and so so anyway, so we try to have conversation that's that's the first thing i would say um the second thing we do is is try to teach them um just personal money management so uh as soon as we have been able to with our kids we have uh paid them for chores instead of just doing like just an allowance or whatever we've tried to to actually pay them for chores um and th that obviously looks very different when they're younger versus when right. they're older size of chore all that kind of thing right but their money that they receive is divided into three categories one is give um so this is uh, a percentage of their money that they're going to give to shade sally uh and then another category, and, and we just we do 10%. We can have another conversation about tithing and all that stuff and yada, yada, yada. But that's what we do. And then the other 90%, we split in half. 45% goes into a spend category, and 45% goes into a save category. And with the save category, they have to set a goal. And they have to keep saving that money until they reach that goal, and then they can purchase the thing that they've been saving for. And every time they do that, their save goal has to increase for the next time. Um, so the save goal is always getting larger. They're always learning to save over a longer period of time, all of that kind of thing. And what's interesting is Levi, once again, being my uh, one of my older kids that's most engaged in this, he recently asked me if he could start a second save category. And I'm like, for what? He's like, for a car. And dude's 13. Uh, let me just say, I don't think saving for a vehicle crossed my mind until I at least was 15 and had my learner's permit, you know? And so, and I'm not saying, oh, look at us, we've done perfect parenting or anything like that. But just the fact that he's been like 
having to do this whole save, set a goal kind of thing, I think helps some in that and helps to kind of like, this is one of the ways we've tried to combat the idea of like immediate gratification, just being completely materialistic with your money, that kind of thing. Um, get in mind that my money is uh, not mine, it's the Lord's and it's to bless others. Uh, it's to save in a way that's smart. And then yes, it is okay to, to spend and things like that. So that's, so we have conversations. We have uh, kind of money management training, if you will. The The third thing, I don't have like a cute title for it or anything like that, but is just uh, us as parents, Holly and I, trying to, uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it, like for us to not be materialistic in our own approach to money and finances and what we are buying for ourselves. Um, so modeling that and also modeling it in the way we spend money on, on the kids as well. So in light of Christmas coming up, um, you know, we, we have a way and we're not saying this is the right way to do Christmas and all of that, but we have a way that we approach Christmas that definitely draws a limit on how many gifts we get for each kid and the kids know this like they're they're aware of this they know we're going to buy this many gifts for each child um and even last year we actually instituted categories for each gift so they know not all of the gifts are going to be just like just toys so like last year I'd, I'd have to consult with holly to remember exactly but it was like something to read something to wear something to play with like it was it was it was that kind of thing so they got like a book they got clothes they got um uh, a, a toy or something they wanted or what have not. Anyway, but we've tried to, in, in other words, instead of just like getting a list from them and just buying whatever, which we do get lists from them, but we've tried to be just more intentional. Um, and we have not always been successful with this. Uh, our kid, We definitely struggle with materialism. Our kids definitely struggle with materialism, but, but trying to be intentional in what we're doing and why we're doing it and, and sometimes being more successful than others. But those are kind of some of the things that we have done as far as just the general category, whether you want to call it toys or just possessions, that in general with, with how to try to like train our, our kids. You guys got anything y'all want to add to that? Um, Brad, how are you teaching uh, Elizabeth Ann money management and how to properly relate to money? <laughs> Yeah, Jonathan, I'm taking down notes over here, man. I'm just kidding. Oh, my word. Yeah, in all seriousness, no, I, I have nothing to add. <laughs> yeah, we've started doing, you know, Moses is seven. I don't mm -hmm. know at what point, Jonathan, for your kids, when did you start paying them for chores? Yeah, well, you I mean, know they, what age it was? They had to, so it's it's been different with different kids. So, like, the older kids... Um, it's definitely been later. So Levi was probably close to Moses' age, maybe even a little bit older yeah. when we started doing yeah. that because he had to actually be able to perform the task and all of right. that. Right. That's now the, a big part of it. Now, the fact that Levi can do a chore and get paid for it, all of the younger siblings notice this. Oh, yeah. Um, they, and so, they catch on love faster. So Solomon, who's four, like we're already doing stuff for him that we obviously weren't doing for Levi, but it's more about the effort than actually accomplishing the task. Um, but he obviously is not getting like Levi can earn legit money. So, so I have back problems. Y'all all know that. So Levi does a ton of our yard work and can earn legitimate money doing that. Um, and we, and it, it's cheaper than, than paying a yard person to do it, but yeah. it's significant for him. Um, with the others we do, uh, um, you know, whether it's like household chores, like uh, vacuuming, doing dishes, different things of that nature. Um, there have been, it, it's a little bit of a start stop kind of thing in our house. Like we have not been this perfectly amazing, consistent household. Uh, so like we've had times where people have had chore charts and assigned chores and all of that. We've been really good at keeping up with it. And then there's been other times where it's much more ad hoc. It's like, yeah. oh, this thing needs to be done. Who's willing to volunteer to do it? I will give you $5. Like, right. you know, kind right. of thing. Um Talitha, uh, who is only nine, uh, but is probably our most responsible when it comes to caring for her younger siblings, uh, we have gone out on date nights before and paid Talitha to put the little boys to bed and wow. things like that. Um, wow. So, which is much cheaper than cheaper paying. than a babysitter, <laughs> that's for sure. You know, or like we just bought, uh, we just bought our 
uh, supply of firewood uh, for the winter, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm currently questioning why we bought it because it's a million degrees. Um, <laughs> right. But like, so uh, a lot of fire, a lot of companies, you can pay them to stack your wood. We'll, we'll just pay them to dump it and then pay the kids to stack it. And yep. it's cheaper than paying the company, but it gives the kids an opportunity. So, so there's little things like that. So like even with yard work, um, like there's an opportunity, you know, if you want to get Moses out there to like pick up sticks first or whatever, oh, yeah. those kinds of things. But so yeah, starting out small, growing it bigger. Yeah. I was going to say, we've done a few little things and you know, he's more, he, def- since he's been going to school and he sees, you know, other kids with Pokemon cards or NFL cards uh, or yes, things like yes. that, you know, that's always a driver of like, Hey dad, can you buy me this? No, I can't. Um, I can't just always get things all the time. Well, how can I buy it? Well, you can do some stuff around the house and mm-hmm. eventually save up twenty bucks, you know, and then you can go spend that if you want to spend that on NFL trading cards if that's what you want. Well, you know, yeah, it sh- it shifts how they think about the value of what they're buying, right? And right. it it shifts how they care for what they buy or don't care for what they buy. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely does. It it has an effect. Well, I think like a way to kind of sum this up, and obviously this is just us like throwing out, here's what we are trying to do as we stumble our way forward um, in trying to parent our children towards towards Christ uh, in the midst of our techno- technologically saturated world, in the midst of wanting to interact with music and movies that are a part of our culture, but not, you know, be, be in, but not of the world. Um, you know, when, when we're in the, here's the way we're trying to interact with a very materialistic culture, all of those kinds of things. Um, you, please email us with the things that you are doing. Um, but there are definitely people out there who are very wise and who have thought much longer, harder, and deeper about these things than we have because they've written books about it. Um, And so there are a lot of really great resources. We talked about this in the last episode, that one of the advantages we have, I think, over our parents in the midst of their parenting us is there are so many great resources now. Uh, It's endless. Yeah, there were some for them, but there are some really solid ones now, both directed at us as parents and here's food for thought and how you can uh, improve your parenting and parent in a way that's gospel centered and parenting your kids towards Christ, but in also resources to interact with your kids in, in teaching them about the faith and in leading them towards uh, Jesus. So I thought the way we might end this is by mentioning some of those resources uh, and maybe specifically some that we have used with our own kids and that we have found particularly helpful uh, with with our kids. So I'll start off uh, with the category of children's Bibles. Um, so actually teaching your kids like the content of the Bible. Um, so for most of us growing up, if we had a children's Bible, it was really just kind of like a collection of stories. Um, and most of the time it was done in like a moralistic kind of way. You know, so... Here's the story of David and Goliath. David was brave and did big things for God, so you be brave and you do big things for God, which is not bad necessarily, but it's not the point, definitely, of the story of David and Goliath, Um, and it doesn't show us at all how that story fits into the overarching narrative of redemptive history. Um, The story of David and Goliath, you know, is definitely... Uh, about the failure of God's people to trust in the Lord and God raising up a very unexpected Savior on their behalf to defeat their enemies. And we see clearly how this points to what he would do in Jesus Christ. It's a very gospel-centered story. So there are lots of really great children's Bibles that have come out that that now kind of um, approach things from that perspective. They'll approach it from... You know, how do all of these things point to Christ? Or they'll approach it from what's the overarching story? The Bible's telling us one story. So what's the overarching story of the Bible? So there are tons that I could give you right here, but I'll give you just a few that have been most particularly helpful in my house. For little kids, there's the Big Picture Storybook Bible. The Big Picture Storybook Bible by David Helm. Um, And the goal of that book is to present the overarching story of scripture as one narrative from Genesis to Revelation. And this one is great for your little kids because uh, it's a rhyme style storytelling. There are very few words per page. The pages are huge with huge illustrations. So you get to turn pages a lot. Like like one of the children's Bibles you hear about a ton 
uh, is the Jesus Storybook Bible by uh, uh, what's her name, Sally Sally Lloyd Jones. Sally Lloyd Jones, is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've got it right here. I'm looking at it. Um, and that's a great Bible. That that one is designed to show you how each story points to Jesus and comes to its fulfillment in Jesus. But I found it was the number one children's Bible recommended to me when I first started having kiddos. But what I found with my little kids is each story is one page with one picture and a lot of text. And so it didn't hold my toddler's attention as much as that. It worked great as they got older, but but the big picture storybook Bible was a really, really great one for those little kids. Um, as they get older, Jesus Storybook Bible is a great one for showing how everything points to Christ and comes to fulfillment in him. As they get a little bit older than that, I would encourage you to check out the works of Marty Machowski. Marty Machowski um, has put together uh, just a ton of different resources for various ages uh, in leading them through Scripture and how Scripture is one overarching story, but how it all comes to fulfillment in Christ. Uh, so I'm actually reading through uh, his children's Bible right now uh, with my kids, uh, and then I'm hoping to buy his ones that he has for older kids to really start doing with Levi and Karis. Um, so, uh, so yeah, check out the works by Marty Michalski, and he does more than just those children's uh, Bibles. He also is really passionate about getting theology into the hands of kids. So he has a, a book that's basically a systematic theology for children called The ology that's been fantastic and very helpful it's designed to grow with your kids uh, throughout the years and so that's been a really helpful one when we did the psalm series here at shades i got a book by him called wonderful f-u-l-l uh that's a book on the psalms for the children for for children and so yeah so a lot of those kinds of of resources brad did you did you have anything that you wanted to throw into that category of like children's bibles or, or not children's Bibles. Okay. Moving from there, I started talking about like resources for teaching kids theology or kind of more catechetical resources mm-hmm. so resources for catechesis. And I know you've recommended several to me that I've gotten over the years that have been really helpful. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about any of those. Well, there's the new city, new city catechism. Yeah, and that's they, the one we give to parents when we do baby yep, dedications. Here. And they have ones for different ages. So they have ones for kids, and they have ones that you could use for teenagers. Which and they have ones for adults. Which, by the way, you don't have you to go buy to the it. website. Uh, you can download it as an app. Yep, they have an app. Um, and I, I used that with my kids a lot. It was great. Yep. And then I, another helpful resource is if you go to the Gospel Coalition, just type in parenting. They have an entire area that's dedicated to parenting resources Mm. so you know different articles different book recommendations you know different topics i'm just looking at some of the titles worship with your family in 5 15 or 30 minutes a parent's worst nightmare is another title yes kids can learn from revelation another title expose your kids to hard truth so just different topics that you can look up and they'll be a more a little more random but if you had a particular question about something you know, maybe your kid asks you a question, you're like, uh, I'm not sure the best way to talk to you about this. You could go to the Gospel Coalition and type it in, and you might be able to find a helpful resource mm-hmm. there. Yeah. There's a little series of books I've used. Once again, this is for little kids, but it's called Everything a Child Needs to Know About, and one's like, Everything a Child Needs to Know About God, Everything a Child Needs to Know About Prayer, Everything a Child Needs to Know About Church History, or or every one in church history a child needs to know, things like that. And these, once again, are designed for like your preschoolers uh, through like first grade age. I mean, they're, they're designed for really young kids. Those have been really helpful in doing some catechetical things. Brad, you pointed uh, me towards the book called The Apostles' Creed. Yes. Um, by, oh, what's his name, Myers? I can't remember his first name. I would need to look it up. Um, but it's in a series of books, and I haven't checked ben out. Ben Myers, yeah. Ben Myers, yeah. I haven't checked out that entire series of books. But it's called like Fat Cat. Yes, it's about like catechesis. Uh, but yes. that book was great, just for again, this is this is doing catechetical work, training your kids in the basic of the faith. I mean, you're literally teaching them about the Apostles' Creed. Yep, and it's great for for young children. Um, there's a ton uh, moving on into the area of church history. There are a ton of great rec- of great resources for teaching kids church history. Yeah, uh, there's a whole little series of biographies that I've gotten and read through uh, with my my kiddos that are like 
uh, picture books almost. Um, yes. So I've got one on Athanasius, one on Martin Luther, one on John Calvin. Um, and we've read those at various points here and there. Um, so yeah, another great place to look for good children's resources is, um, help me, The Rabbit Room. That's Andrew mm-hmm. Peterson's mm-hmm. Uh, yep. website and collective. So we bought uh, this beautiful illustrated version, children's version of the Pilgrim's Progress from there and read through that with the kids. And they absolutely loved that. But they have a ton of great resources, kids' resources there. Uh, I just bought, talking about church history, uh, I bought from there a graphic novel. Um, it's, it's called something like God's Spy or something mm. like that. I can't remember. But it's a biography of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh, that's um, cool. And it's more kind of like middle school age kind of thing and all that. And so I'm trying to convince Levi to read it right now. <laughs> um, but I want to read it. It's it, it looks really, really cool. Um, and Andrew Peterson himself wrote a series of uh, fiction novels that are great. Uh, for kids called the Wing Feather Saga. I know we're kind of hitting like all over the place right now with just a you smattering know, of resources. See what lands. But but the point is is that there are tons, tons of great resources, and all you got to do is just a little bit of poking around uh, to find them. So I would highly recommend what Brad did: going to the Gospel Coalition website, going to the Rabbit Room to see list of of resources for for kids, solid resources for kids, um, and then uh, there's a the Gospel Coalition, I think that this website is associated with them. It's a bookstore called Ten of Those. Okay, I haven't I, heard of this. I think it's associated with the Gospel Coalition. Um, but they've got great, just tons and tons of great resources uh, for training up your children in the faith. Um, any others that you guys wanted to list? I have one last thing I was going to say, but but want to finish up recommending resources first. This is getting into a little bit of middle school, early high school, but two online resources that I would recommend. One is Axis Youth Ministry. Oh, it's fantastic. There is not a topic that they haven't covered in some way, shape, or form. You can get a subscription to it. You can also buy individual resources, but they have conversation starters. So how to talk to your kids about sex, how to talk to your kids about technology, how to talk to your kids about about gender, how to talk to your kids about mental health issues. I mean, anything and everything. They have guides. They also have videos that you can watch together with your kid. And then... You uh, they'll have some questions, so you can have conversations together about yeah, it. Yeah, and we've even done like we've used it the, for the in the youth ministry. We've done some of their stuff uh, before, and yep. so I think those uh, what do they call those little PDFs? The parent guides. Parent guides. Those are so incredibly yes. helpful, especially when it's like, say your kid comes home talking about something you've never heard of, like an app or something like that. So they have a parent guide to like Fortnite. Or a parent yes. guide to Minecraft. And it's like, your kid just started talking about this video game you've never heard of. I mean, literally what? everything. Like, yeah. a parent guide to Kanye. Like, dead <laughs> right, serious. Right, um, and, and it's really just kind of like, hey, this is, like, what's going on right now. Right. This is who this person is. This is why everyone's talking about them. These are some things that your kids might want to talk with you about right you know there are tons of great resources so when we start talking about hot button issues there are tons of great resources out there as well so there's tons of great resources to talk about biblical sexuality and sexual uh faithfulness yeah Uh, there are tons of great resources to talk about race um and issues of racism um I, i was trying to remember the title of one of the ones that uh I got not that long ago um to talk about with my kid oh we have our own joe kittinger's book uh, yep. to talk about. Uh, she's got a book on Rosa Parks called Rosa's Bus um, mm-hmm. that my kids absolutely loved. A great way for us here in Birmingham to engage our children specifically about the history of those issues in Alabama and in our own locale. Um, but then uh, there's another book by Shai Lynn um, mm-hmm. that, oh man, I'm trying to remember the title of it right now off the top of my head. But my kids have loved that book. And then through the Gospel Coalition, I've gotten a couple of resources for older kids on the issues of race and racism and things like that. JM, did you have uh, any that you wanted to mention in that vein? Esau Macaulay's. Jesus Kids. There's a lot. Uh, Esau Macaulay had a book called, oh gosh. The Holy Spirit, and it had to do with hair. Josie Johnson's hair and, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yes, <laughs> it's a great read. 
Bought that for the kiddos. Yeah, it talks about that. Um, man, there's so many good ones. Well, JM's thinking two websites for questions about sexuality and gender. One is the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender. The president of this organization is Dr. Preston Sprinkle. He's written several books on the topic. You're going to find a ton of helpful resources there. Another one is livingout.org. And I want to triple check. Yes, that's right. The name of that website, that's that's correct. Livingout.org. Livingout.org. That's another great resource that you can check out. And final one for students is Rooted Youth Ministry. That's an organization that was started in Birmingham, I believe, with a youth minister at the Cathedral Church of the Advent. And they have a ton of great resources as well. Concerning like talking to your kids about biblical sexuality and such, uh, Luke and Trisha Gilkerson uh, have a series of books that I actually just purchased uh, not that long ago. Um, but so just to give you a for instance of one of the, uh, the titles, uh, Seven Lessons to Introduce Your Child to Biblical Sexuality. Um, and so they're really just kind of very practical, nitty-gritty, step-by-step, like here's how to enter into these conversations uh, with your kids. So yeah, hey, anything else you guys want to throw out? Sorry, uh, I know we've kind of ranged all over. The other book I was going to mention is a Bible. It's called For Kids. Let me just make sure I've got the right title. Uh, tiny tr- The Tiny Truths Illustrated Bible. The reason that I mentioned that, um, because all the illustrations, pretty much all the characters are brown and are more historically accurate. I was about to say, you mean like, like ancient Near Eastern people yes. were brown? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so... You know, it's it's essentially just like any other children's Bible where they take out stories and they make it for kids, uh, but the illustrations are all would be more historically accurate than if you were to buy one for your children and it would just have a lot of uh, ethnically European looking individuals. White Jesus. <laughs> yes. It's okay. You can say yes. it. You can say Anglo-Saxon. It. White Jesus. <laughs> Renaissance Jesus. With his blonde hair, blue eyes. The Anglos. Have, have either of you, I have this and I've never read it, but I got it a while back. Has, have either of you read the Action Bible? So, Oh, I, man, I want to get that for Moses. I have it. I have it. Um, I've never opened it up. I've only read uh, little bits and pieces here and there. For, the, for those of you who it's are wondering, comic, it, it looks, looks yeah, like a comic it's, book. It's a graphic novel um, uh Bible, and so I definitely flipped to certain particular stories, like how are they going to do this one visually. <laughs> but uh, but it's well done, like yeah, like as yeah, far yeah. as like a graphic novel goes and all that. But I haven't like done like a deep dive into it or something. Like sure, that. but it's sitting on my shelf for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, kind of the final thing I wanted to say because uh, I know we just listed resources all over the place, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, church church history and theology and. Uh, uh, biblical theology and 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 just scripture content, and we didn't even talk about like music resources that are out there, like for kids and things of that nature. You know, catechesis, like it's very easy as we have this conversation to start feeling overwhelmed and to feel like, oh my word, there are so many things I am not doing with my kid. Breathe, just breathe. It's okay. Um, there are so many things that we are not doing (laughs) with our children or that we are failing at or that we are fumbling our way forward in. Please do not think for a second that the Haves House nightly looks like a Norman Rockwell painting (laughs) where we all gather around the dinner table to have our devotional, uh, which includes some uh, theology, some biblical theology, some catechesis, a couple of songs, an altar call, like... Like, don't think that's what's going on in the Hayes house. Uh, We're listing, we're throwing at you a ton of resources, hopefully, that these can be things you can glean from and will be helpful to you. Uh, But I find that discipleship within the context of my family happens the same way I think all of us experience discipleship in our own lives, in starts and stops. Yeah. 
it, it like you'll have times where okay you'll be you'll you'll be pursuing uh, discipling your children and you'll you'll use one of these church history resources and all of that or or you'll use this resource over here or what have but you'll do it for a while I might fall off the bandwagon I'll get back on I, this is normal this is very very normal okay so please as we listed all these resources don't think oh my goodness John Mark Brad and Jonathan have used every last one of these with their kids you know i haven't used any of these with my kids <laughs> be encouraged oh what i would encourage you to do is just start somewhere um and be involved in the spiritual development of your kids um if you want specific recommendations please feel free to email us we don't have to read it um for everybody to hear you can just email us and be like hey i uh, I have quite, uh, these are my kids. These are their ages. This is what I would really like to do. Can you, can you talk to us about what's a specific, not a ton of resources, but one resource you'd recommend and, and how can I get started right there? We'd love to help in any way. Because the point is at the end of the day, after all our jokes about the way we grew up, after all of these things we talk about that we're trying to do with our kids, at the end of the day, um, we're all doing our best to try and be faithful parents and to ultimately entrust our children to the Lord. Um, God is sovereign. I, we know that we cannot, there is no formula for parenting that's going to produce a particular outcome for our kids. But we know that we are responsible to be faithful parents as God has called us to. And I pray that that is the tension that we see all throughout Scripture that we will find rest in as parents. Yes, I'm to parent as faithfully and responsibly as I can. Simultaneously, I'm entrusting my children to the Lord in his sovereign plan for their life. So I hope at the end of the day, this has all been encouraging for you and helpful. And um, yeah, email us some of the things that you are doing within your own family that you'd like to do. Some things in this conversation you found helpful, some things you disagree with, you know, and, and feel free to email me your sympathies for me getting relentlessly mocked during this episode, both through song and through, I don't even remember, and through commercial. That's what it was. That's what it was. Mockery is the purest form of love, Jonathan. Mm. That was uh, I think Socrates. You, I think you made that up right <laughs> now. I think it's imitation is the purest form of flattery <laughs> or something like that or whatever. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my word. Anyway, well, why don't we close with the song I know you all want to close with? Um, so as JM gets ready to play it, Brad, uh People should email us at Midweek at Shades Valley. Why? Because they're part, you're part, we're part of the conversation. We're all parts. The hoedown hoot nanny, we we did it. We pulled it off. Hoedown hoot nanny, we did it. We pulled it off. Hoedown hoot nanny, we did it. We pulled it off. Hoedown hoot nanny, we did it. I wish I could harmonize. I would harmonize with myself. We did it. Hold it up. Hold down, Nanny. We did it.